Hi everyone. I hope you're tuning in today. Today we have a great show dealing with the family courts. Divorce rates about 55%. So a lot of us have experienced it or will experience it unfortunately. And we we would love to talk about it maybe to explain what's in the best interest of the child, how we can improve in in what's happening in courts and just bring about some awareness of what can be made better or what can change. Uh, our guest is, is showing the dad's side, which is usually the underdog in the system. I have a different story to tell, but um, either way, there's always two sides to the story and we'll represent them both. In the meantime, Bobby wants to say hello. That's so exciting, Bobby always wants to say hello. Hi guys. Please tune in, it's going to be an interesting show. Stay with us. You might learn something. Or call us if you have any questions. So, one more minute, and it's still warm in Miami. And it's still sunny. Every day it's sunny. God is really good. And this is a very dear topic to my heart. Because it was 14 years that we endured this. The child does pay the biggest price. And it's 14 years of necessary custody battles. Sometimes it's about who has the most money and who can make it go on longer. And I didn't lose custody, thanks to the grace of God. Though I did suffer thinking I would over and over again about three to four times a year. <laughs> it wasn't fun. but. It was necessary. I'm sure there was a good reason for it. Maybe for today's show. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's going to be uh, definitely interesting for a lot of people to hear they're not alone. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about who's right. Cause I'm a mess. You're a mess. I'm a mess. Probably wanna call you, but I won't inspire. Cause I got questions, I got questions. Do you got questions too? Oh, you played your game and you played it well. But now you're sad all by yourself. Screaming, with Amy Cabo. Life can bring many difficult situations, domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones. Welcome, Amy Cabo and The Cure. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Cure Radio Show. I'm your host, Amy Cabo, 
with my amazing partner, Boris. Well, I'm amazing today. Thank you. Because God is. Okay. Our show is available live on your radio, also live through our app, The Cure, for any smartphone, throughout social media, and on our website, GodIsTheCure.com. We broadcast live from Miami through satellite, available in 25 radios throughout 11 states and on Sirius XM, channel 131, tomorrow. Also live on social media and after the show, any podcast player. Thank you to our social media followers. We're reaching an average of almost 3 million people monthly in Facebook alone. And mostly, thank God. This show was created to expose the truth, educate, and provide comfort. We provide testimonials to let people know that we're not alone. And in this show, the testimony started with me. We also have experts and inspirational speakers. God was my only cure, and we hope we can be there for each other. Life is challenging, but know this, there is a God who is omnipotent happens to be our father and loves us deeply. The song we played earlier was Play Your Game by Ex-Lovers. And this is my message. The enemy plays games to our downfall. God provides lessons and rescues in time. Not alone, yet feeling lost with questions. For God, there's nothing he can't define. Wrong decisions produce consequences. With loved ones involved, there's much to lose. Doesn't matter who's right in a mess. When it's God or fear, who do we choose? We attract trouble we tend to regret. Satan deceives, kind and good he appears. Trust in God's love that never fails. Our strength and always drying our tears. God knows the future our thoughts, heart, motive, intentions, and what we will do. Choice, influence, actions, and outcomes. God allows only what we can go through. Today, we will talk about corruption in the family courts with our special guest, Eric Carroll. Eric Carroll is just another father fighting for his right to be a dad. He grew up in the town of Columbus, Georgia. His dad is a preacher. He grew up in a spiritually rich home of ministry. Eric's goal is to help others and to educate lawmakers about the broken family court system in America. Eric started Dad Talk Today, a podcast and a TV show, as a fight against the injustice and profit being made from broken families. Eric Harrell, welcome to The Cure. So happy to have you with us. Amy, thank you for having me. Eric, tell us a little bit about yourself. What makes you so passionate about broken families and families in general involved in the system? So I was listening a little bit uh, to your intro and hearing what you talk about. I've been through a lot of that. Um, grew up, again, like you said, the son of a pastor. Both my grandfathers were pastors. Uh, I always said I would never get involved in the ministry, yet here I am but it's, it's definitely a ministry. Um, I struggled with addiction in the past. I've been through two divorces. I've been through some situations that sought to break me, and I turned it around, and I want them to be situations that make me. Uh, and you can do that. You can turn your pain into purpose. 
um, being a dad is the only thing that helped me pull through those challenging times. It, it transformed my whole life. Uh, I went through another divorce back in 2016, and I instantly jumped into another relationship trying to find value. Uh, mine was a situation where they had got with somebody else, so my self-esteem was very low, and I jumped into another relationship trying to find some self-importance and uh, through somebody else. Uh, that went hot and heavy really quick. Uh, got another child through that relationship, and I quickly found out it was just not a relationship I needed to be in. Um, and upon that, I started being kept away from my kid. I went to a couple of lawyers, talking to them. The first one, he, he took $400 to consult with me for an hour and basically said, it was cheaper to keep her. You're a dad. You've got no chance. So I didn't take his advice. I went to the next lawyer who told me that I had a great case, that he could help me with whatever, but he needed $10,000 to get started. And that's when I realized just what goes on inside of family law. This is a racket. Um, it's about profit for kids and profiting off the destruction of families. And for a father going through this, the good fathers, because Society talks about these deadbeats all the time, but what they don't represent is how many of us are out there trying but cannot afford this system. Yes. Um, you know, there was no resources out there for these guys that was going through this. I was a big podcast fan. Um, I had just went and got a new job um, to help me get that money so I could fight for my child. They promised me management, the whole nine yards. Uh, I was there one month when they told us all this meeting and we found out they were shutting down the company worldwide so it felt like i have no options and i said i know i'm meant for more than this what can i do and the only thing that was on my mind day and night was trying to see my daughter and i can understand I said, i'm going to turn this into a podcast yeah, yeah i can understand where you're coming from for the corrupt the corruption in the courts my personal 14 years unnecessary custody battles i remember having to pay an attorney a thousand dollars a day and as an orphaned single mother th there was no chance you you can't you can't count on relationships you can't even count on money you have to count on god and well when i turned to god there was a maverick attorney that represented me for free but that 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 just comes to show that everything else can fail you can't find happiness in relationships and money's not going to help you because there's always somebody that has more and always somebody that's more willing to be mean and attack and use the system to torture you for many many years so <laughs> I can understand where that is coming from. And how easy is it for these courts to accept false allegations and difficult to distinguish between the real ones? You know, that was something I wasn't exactly aware of when I started this. Uh, I started studying up, like, what's going on with me. I started hearing about parental alienation and becoming familiar with that. And I said, that's what sounds like is going on. So when I very first started the podcast, I was going to talk about alienation and some of the topics that, you know, I was familiar with. And I had more people that were reaching out that had faced false allegations of physical abuse and sexual abuse. And I never experienced those. So when I would hear that, I would kind of distance myself or try to get out of the conversation because I, I don't ever want to be involved with somebody that actually did this to their kids. But I, I realized that's the dangerous part of this. Those allegations are so severe 
that the person is viewed as guilty until proven innocent. In this country, we're supposed to be guilty. And if you can fight off those false allegations, the person that's making the accusation, there's no consequence for it. And I'm seeing more of these cases, more and more, that have false allegations than I do just regular cases. The false allegations are rampant right now. And when nobody has a consequence for doing it, we're treading dangerous waters. Right. And sometimes when it comes to very sensitive subjects like sexual abuse with a young child, it's kind of, it's hard to prove, which is why it's so often used as a false allegation. And that's really unfortunate because at the same time, you have to believe the child, but has the child been coerced and it can get pretty complicated. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I went through parental alienation where the father would try to paint me to our daughter as a very bad person, as a broken person. And the false allegations were always that I was a bad person. And for 14 years, I was constantly having to defend my innocence, going to school, to college, making really good grades to show, to try to combat the bad picture they were painting of me, which would be likely because of my past and how they were trying to use it against me. So uh, I, I can understand how this is just a, a battling field where people just lie and they get away with it. And as long as they have money to pay to bring the person to court and lie and get away with it, what safeguard does the innocent person have? And that that's that's what I think needs to be worked out in these courts, that it shouldn't be about who has more money or who yells the loudest. And we will continue talking about the broken family court system with Eric Carroll. Stay with us. We will be right back with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Amy Cabo and The Cure. This show deals with suffering, the tenacity of the human spirit, and the courage to keep moving forward with the help of God. I want people to know that there's hope. I was forced into my abortion because I didn't think I had a choice. I want people to know there's choices. Well, Amy, my heart was breaking. I just want you to know that I love you and I thank God for you. Amy Cabo and The Cure. Every Saturday at 1 East. Continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. How funny, you're wearing red. <laughs> Welcome back. This is Amy Cabo. Thanks for tuning in. 
Remember that you can listen to the radio show live through our app to Cure with Amy Cabo or as a podcast. Just look for God is the Cure on any podcast platform. The song that just played was Radioactive by my favorite singers, Imagine Dragon. <laughs> Should we reward our kids if misbehaving? When actions are pleasing to God, we succeed. The opposite true till doing only what's right. Not to let our souls die allows what we need. Sorry if ungrateful, annoyed or complaining. Think of the poor kid that drinks muddy water. We may not know how blessed we are. Dying or fighting disease could be our daughter. Breaking sweat down to our bones. Revolution within as evil tries to survive. Apocalypse imminent with what transpired. Fading fast. God conquered, feeling alive. Those called have been made aware. Saved by his might, our Lord did answer. Jesus, our Savior and everlasting help, will remove the evil that spread like a cancer. <laughs> We're talking about broken family courts with Eric Carroll. Eric, so speaking of corrupt systems, how are we to even try to fix this corrupt system if there, if you say there's federal incentives to help separate families instead of bringing them or keeping them together? Yeah, that's the million-dollar question. Um, this past year, we've been to 43 states, visiting the capitals, covering political events, trying to educate our legislators, attorneys, and judges as to what's going on. To be honest with you, uh, I think that they know over half of our legislators are attorneys, and I think that's where we come into a lot of this problem in the first place. Um, but you got the media as well. The media really stays silent on these subjects, even like what happened in the subject of John Mass. Uh, that was a huge story that the media, for the most part, stayed silent on. I believe we've got to get the awareness out there, because if people knew about these incentives, most people don't know what going on in family court or care until either them or someone they know is going through it. And that's where the problem comes in. Uh, we need to educate the public as to what's going on, how dangerous these incentives are. Uh, we're nearing uh, 75 to 80% fatherlessness in the black community right now, and we're seeing that all the way across the board in every race. But that's very alarming. Um, and what are the incentives? Know, it, they they get a bonus or money if they keep a family apart? <laughs> yes. So there's so many different facets, and that's where it becomes, I, I think, so hard to convey because there's so much going on. I was just made aware the other night that, you know, the government makes uh, so much money off of every kid they adopt that is brung in through CPS. Wow. Uh, when no-fault divorce came into law, Reagan is the one that brought in no-fault divorce when he was the governor of California and later said it was the worst thing he did when he was in office because divorce just skyrocketed. But so many single parents, mainly single moms, were getting on government assistance, and it was really draining resources from the state. So they came up with something called Title 4D of the Social Security Act, which was made to give so much money back to the states from the federal government off of how much is paid in child support. Uh... That's dangerous because any time you give an incentive for the child support or a destruction of a family, we know that it gets exploited. You've got uh, wow. Section 8. Uh, many times the mom will be better off financially and uh, get alone. much more resources only if dad is out of the home. Now think wow. about that. That's, yeah. Yeah. 
and as as and there's just I guess the corruption has money involved, where where money can be made, and that's what sways people. That's why I don't necessarily like money, except for taking care of the bills. But as it is, there, there's a rate of 55% of divorces. And if the corruption is too grand, maybe the best thing is to try to be peaceful within the parents, at least for the sake of the child, because it should be the best interest of the child that matters, uh, how we become less forgiving, understanding, and compassionate. Well, you know, uh, I think that's it. The more that you can keep the courts out of this, the better you're going to be. You're, it's two parents that came together long enough in love to make a child. You've got to love your child more than you hate your ex. And unfortunately, once it makes its way into family court, it becomes a battlefield, and you feel like you're competing over the, the money, and the child gets caught in the middle. Um, their interests, their hearts are what you're protecting when you do this. And once you have to get strangers in there to tell you how you're going to be able to see your kids and how that's going to operate, um, we got to bring some of that responsibility back. I know there's going to be situations where you got next you can't do that with. But if, if you don't mind, Amy, I, I want to talk about this because it's, it's very common that the 55% divorce rate is stated. And I have said it on my show several times, but I've got some updated statistics. And people were celebrating it, but it's very alarming to me because I believe in the nuclear family. Uh, divorce is at a, the lowest it's been in decades, uh, almost at an all-time low. Nice. I think we're more near like the 42 to 45 percent, and people think that's a good thing. But what they're not telling you is marriage is also at an all-time low. They're not getting married anymore. Single parents is on the rise. So not only are we having single parent and the, the family court issues, but People don't believe in marriage anymore because these incentives, and they know how dirty it gets in in divorce, so that that nuclear family is not what it once was. And if we do not have strong families, we'll never have a strong nation. Maybe that's why divorce decreased, because people are not getting married as much. <laughs> yeah. And that's absolutely why. I think also we what's also decreased is, is our values, is uh, where we realize that we the child does get lost with when it comes to the parents because there's when it gets to court and it gets ugly there's almost always one parent alienating which you find to be the biggest issue in America can you tell us more about that you know alienation is when one parent brainwashes a child and or children to not want anything to do with the other parent now to anybody that's never experienced that it seems so taboo how can you do that have you ever got your kid to, to believe in Santa Claus? Uh, you're their parent. When you've got your guardian or your, you know, your parent sitting here telling you this is what you need to believe as a child, you have no reason to question them. Um, and it really, in most cases, I think it's when you've got a custodial parent that's got this control. And the family courts really promote that. Um, you know, I think for the most part that parental alienation is a mental health issue. Don. So we need to change some laws and we need to get some awareness out there. To, we need to get these parents help so that they can effectively co-parent. But I think the family courts also are a part of this. I, right. You know, you got someone that you once loved. You're now going through a divorce. Things things get ugly. Yeah, really we not. never got married. But in my case, it was the non-custodial parent. And what the parent that's 
alienating doesn't realize is that they're pushing the child away whether they don't see it immediately that child starts to resent the parent that's alienating because they love both parents regardless of what who or what their parents are that kid is not going to like that you're talking about the parent they love and uh, we will continue talking about the broken family courts and separation and divorce with Eric Carroll you were made to shine under southern stars Pure as mountain rain You're the love song pouring out of this guitar Sweeter than sugar cane You got my heart wrapped up like it's down in a holler Covered in kudzu vines When the night feels right I'm gonna come a calling I'm gonna make you mine You're Welcome back to The Cure with Amy Cabo and Boris. Thank you for being here with us. Remember, we are live Saturday every 1 p.m. Eastern on your radio on our app, The Cure. The podcast, The Cure, or our website, GodIsTheCure.com. All shows are available as a video podcast. Just look for God is the Care with Amy Cabo or type in God is the Care and the podcast with Amy Cabo will show up. Please rate this. Rate this podcast.com underscore the cure. Have a nice day. Rate this podcast.com slash the cure. Thank you, Michelle. The song that just played was Make You Mine by Ricky Skaggs. Yeah, it's going to be a nice song. Fixing the audio a little bit. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so this is my message, guys. If miracles are required, they occur. Would we need comfort, if not sad? How many souls are saved or seek God, if not imperative, in times weren't bad? Wrapped by his love, many come back. In hard times, he keeps holding tight. To hear God say, you are mine, sweet surrender of all wrong it feels right angels sent to guard keeping our ways mightier than jesus there hasn't been evil can't defeat what god established his deeds and word deliver from sin as if slow dancing in life jesus will lead sweeter he becomes when planting a seed we declare god's glory in whom we trust until his return providing and loving the just we're talking about the corruption that exists in the family courts with eric carroll eric what about shared custody what is how do you say that jail the ideal the ideal when shared custody when sharing custody like i feel like with me like as a child i feel like it would be hard because you know moving from one house to another, going to two different schools, and probably being picked up by two significant others, like, I would feel, like, pretty, pretty stressed. <laughs> stressed. 
you know, in, in my my daughter's situation, we're doing 50-50 custody, and it's working perfect. I think kids are resilient. We've seen states, uh, Arkansas passed a 50-50 bill earlier this year. Um, Kentucky did back in 2018, uh-huh. which an alarming statistic in the first year that 50-50 was allowed in that state and passed. Domestic violence went down 30%. Nice. Uh, it kind of takes the war out of it. Um, there's there's going to be a minority of cases where maybe mom and dad don't live close to each other. But in the cases where they do live close to each other and they can go to the same school and work with each other, um, I think that's what's in the best interest of the child. The, there's no parent that's more important than another. And there's things that kids get from their mom. There's things that kids get from their dad. And the more that we can do that, I think the research has shown kids fare much better in homes where there's both. Kids do need both parents, and most parents complicate each other. I mean, complement, not complicate, sorry, complement each other. And the, the kids, they, they do rely on different things where one parent may be easygoing, the other parent may provide the structure, and the kid may need a little bit of both. And I can see where that's that's workable, especially if, if, that, if that's if they live close and and both parents agree it it just gets a little complicated when one of the parents wants sole custody for the purpose of alienating the child that not not everyone's willing to agree on that arrangement and and i know that it used to be in the past where because women were the ones to you naturally be able to birth children they were the ones that were given the role of maybe being nurturing or raising the child. And nowadays, they're looking at where one parent can be just as good as the other parent. And it's great when at least one parent is good. If both parents are good, that's even better, and hopefully it doesn't even make it to court in that case. But um, sometimes there's no good parent, (laughs) as in my case. So... Uh, it it's it's really should be whatever works best for the child. Oh, then you're a good parent. That it's ideal. No, my parents. Ah, I didn't okay. have not one parent good. <laughs> they were both bad. <laughs> so, so we're we're hoping both parents are good enough to work out this agreement, and hopefully it's not one parent that's not very nice, and they just want to take the kid away completely, as happened in my case. <laughs> so, right, and, and you're you're going to have cases where that's going to happen, but you know, I think for the most part, again, that that culture that the family law courts promotes gets that competition going, and that can last some years later. Uh, <laughs> if, if we can promote that fifty-fifty, right? That's from the start. You don't have to battle it. You guys don't want to be together anymore, but you still want to be a parent to your child. It's about loving your child more than you hate your ex, um, and. We need families right now more than ever. I don't think divorce is going anywhere. Um, but, you know, the, the sad thing is in these cases, both are just sitting there pointing a finger at each other. I've had so many people that came and said, my ex will never co-parent. I can't get through to him. It's just not going to happen. And I sit down and like, say this for me. I want you to go to him, you know, tell him, hey, let's pick a place. Uh, I'll let you pick the place. You, you pick the time. I'll come and meet you, and let's come together and parent our child and just see if we can kind of get on the same level. Not about us, about the kid. I've seen more of those situations where they say it couldn't happen that are happily co-parenting now, but it's a lack of communication. These are parents. It's probably why they got divorced in the first place. They couldn't communicate. Uh, 
they just need a way to get on the same page and do what's in the best interest of the child. Well, when they can't communicate, sometimes these courts, they offer mediation. How well does that work? It's a waste of money. Mediation, yeah. <laughs> mediation, I think, is the best case scenario. If you can get it into mediation instead of getting the attorneys and the judges and everybody else involved, uh, mediation doesn't always work. We know that. Um, but I think I would rather see a case going to mediation and family court any day. Yeah, it can only work if the parents are willing to work it out in mediation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one parent that will not budge. Mediation is just a waste of time and money. And when you put the attorneys there, it becomes a attorney struggle instead of parents talking to each other. Yes. Kind of. Well, attorneys need conflict. Because conflict creates more litigation. Yeah. Right. So the more it's that we can increase that conflict between the parents, I've right. seen cases where mom and dad could have done this outside of court, yeah. but the attorneys start promoting that conflict and throw the gas on the fire because they need that money. Well, the more so conflict there is, the more conflict there is, the more you need the attorney. It's, it's <laughs> you wouldn't That's need it. the attorney without the conflict. And how about the, is there guardianship fraud? Uh, and is it still going on? Yes, I'm starting to hear more cases of guardianship. That's really become more of a thing recently that people have been reaching out. I guess the Britney Spears case is really what put a spotlight on that. But yes. that's uh, some of these cases, how they end up with the results that they're getting right now is just beyond me. Wow. Well, you know how it is. Remember when Danielle was uh, in a coma? It's just uh, this fake guardianship that want to collect money. Just well, our, our daughter was almost it. killed, and she was in a coma, and they tried to get a guardianship for her, just like Britney Spears, for life, because they, her father assumed that she would be d uh, uh, not well, and she would not be able to take care of herself for life. And I know I believed in her. I said, she's going to recover. She's going to do great. You can't even tell she's been attacked. She's she's doing so good. She's, right now she's working, and she would have otherwise had a guardianship, and not been able to make any decisions for herself. And sometimes you have to believe in your children. You have to believe in your ex. You have to believe things are pos are possible. And you see the glass half full instead of half empty, because things could just really go downhill if all you do is think negative. Well, yeah, also the it, evaluations. It, and it's so easy. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, also the evaluations that they did. And remember, they had these psychologists, or so-called psychologists, just for the money, evaluated. Danielle became totally fine after the coma, and then they say, oh, no, she can't do nothing. All the marks were checked, not not able to do the not able to do right. That, that, she, that she, as if she would be in a coma state forever. Yeah. And if you meet her today, you can't even tell anything's going on with her. But even then, remember? But but they wanted so badly to put in the guardianship. That was another fight. When she was twenty three years old, my custody never fights never, never ended. Finished. But. <laughs> The, so parents are relentless. Uh, she's well now, thank you, God. <laughs> yes, uh, if there's not a problem, they'll create a problem. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's the sad part about this. Don't I know that too well? Problems were created for 14 years plus. That never existed, right. by the way. So it's, it's just... It, it, it's, it's a very difficult situation, but it's possible if you do it the right way. And we will continue talking about families and come to be fixed.
call us, 1-866-342. If you have a, something to share or you want to ask a question, 1-866-342. Stay with us. Thank you. We will be right back with Amy Cabot and The Cure. for tuning in. We're live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern on your radio, on our app, The Cure, and on social media. Look for God is the Cure. Also, as an app, a podcast, The Cure. Please check Amy's latest book, Inspired by the Holy Ghost. It's available everywhere or our website, GodIsTheCure.com. It's a compilation of the poems that she writes, writes uh, that appear in the show based on each of the songs. That song that just played, that awesome song, Nobody is by Casting Crowns. And this is my message. Shocked that God chose us, as so little we tend to be, the ones not meant to rise, Jesus' love for all to see. Rescues the nobody and the lowly, never late for a soul to save assigns a path we should take, prepared for those he forgave. Live to give a little more back, infuse Jesus a lot these days. Courage and faith are trust, with praise accept his ways. The devil doesn't stand a chance, in this story God's in control. History shows what Jesus does, saving the world is his role. We are continuing talking about family courts and corruption, corruption in the family courts with Eric Carroll. Eric, what do you think about Child Protective Services when they get involved? Is it possible they can do more harm than good? And have they become too powerful? I've seen 
cases that need attention are usually the ones that don't get it, and then cases that didn't need anything is usually where they get involved. Um, we've had multiple sheriffs on the show and legislators that have been talking about it as well. It seems like CPS is almost involved in child trafficking. I, don't know, I, I said almost, but, I mean, we've had people that tell us they definitely are. Um, most of the staff is under-trained. They don't have enough people to cover the areas that they're going through right now. More and more cases are coming out about CPS. I had a case uh, just a couple of weeks ago where a father came on where the mom took his daughter. He had sole custody, and she went across the state lines to Arizona from New Jersey. He called CPS numerous times. Hey, they've taken my child. They didn't do anything. Well, uh, a couple of weeks ago we got the news. Mom stabbed his daughter to death, nine-year-old, um, and uh, her four-year-old stepsister killed them both. And he had told them multiple times, look, what's going on? And that's just one in so many cases that has came out, but they really seem to be dropping the ball on many levels. Uh, yeah, and, and then they don't really check what the foster homes. I know that when I was in the system, when I was separated from my entire family and I went through the system, I just got abused some more, as if I wasn't abused already enough. I just got abused some more. They're not really looking into where they're placing the children, and sometimes it, it could just be more harmful than good. Are they really doing the right thing for the child? And sometimes the ones that do need help, like you said, get overlooked. That's a very good point that you make. And yeah, it's it, uh, it's sad because these are these are children that are damaged. And going through these horrific situations, being bounced around from uh, different homes, calling a different person mom or dad, and then we just send them back out into society and expect them not to have any problems. Uh. <laughs> well, so yeah, it's it, it can be difficult. But the good news is that God can cure all those problems he did with me, and I had many. So tell us about your documentary, I Stand with John. It, it's an example of a broken system, is it not? It really is. We released this a little over a week ago. It's already been viewed a half a million times. Um, this story rings true for a lot of these guys. John was a father that had went through the family court system. Uh, he'd been married for eight years, never been accused of anything. Uh, one night, his ex claimed that he hit her while he was at a restaurant. Well, there was video. Uh, so this goes to court. John tries to get the judge to watch it. The judge said, we don't have anything to play that with, so I'm not allowing it in the court. So John was found guilty. Um, fast forward a little bit of time later, John goes to family court, and that judge allows that video to be played, and it showed he didn't even touch her. So he was oh. exonerated of that. Following that situation, John filed for divorce. He said, if she's going to make accusations like this, I'm going to file for divorce. One month after filing for divorce, he received a notice that he was being accused of molesting his son and his daughter. Wow. But not until after he filed for divorce. The silver bullet was shot. Uh, he went through three years of a family court battle, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, was completely exonerated. Uh, last May, he came on our show Thanksgiving to tell us about what was going on. And the following month, he found out he was going to get his kids for the first time in a long time, unsupervised wow. for his parenting time. When he showed up in the parking lot this past February to get his kids, uh, the father-in-law pulled up in mom's car, so he thought it was her. When he turned around, the father-in-law shot him three times and killed him. Right after this, oh. mom pulled up in the parking lot with the two kids, and they saw their dad dead there on the ground. Wow. 
Yeah. Terrible. That's really sad. Yeah. So yeah, but just just the family court CPS. Well, I'm sorry, they all failed him on numerous levels. So if there's people that are not familiar with how bad alienation CPS, like all of the elements we talked about it today, it was in John's case, and we made this as awareness to wake up our legislators and people as to what's going on. So what changes would you propose that we should work in family courts? What can we do to make things better? 50-50 has proven very effective. The statistics, the research, and it's been done on numerous levels. It is very effective, and that's one. That's a starting point. Uh, we need to get consequences for false allegations. If somebody can make an accusation towards you that can completely ruin your reputation, it can make you lose your job, it can do so many different things, uh, there should be some consequences for that person that's doing that. CPS uh, needs to be cleaned up. They need to get some eyes in there on what's going on. These legislators, these attorneys that are tied to that system and voting on this legislation, uh, they need a close eye on them as well. There's many people that knows that this is going on, and they're allowing it to get swept under the rug for a reason. It, it's a $60 billion a year industry, makes more money than all of the other courts combined, and they don't want it to change. It seems that we're just not making people accountable. Accountability's out the window, and people are getting away with more and more crimes and more and more lying and making people's lives miserable, and they're overlooking the kids. They're overlooking what's important, and it's, it's, it's really sad. And, but that's why we pray. That's what we pray and we keep up hope. And as overwhelming as evil may seem at times, God does take care of his children. And he does bring about some good, no matter what, of everything that transpires. So, Eric, in the last minute, do you have any suggestions for our listeners that are going through the process of separation or custody battles that are heated? Yes. Uh, the more you can keep it out of family court, the better. Try to find a way to come to an agreement with your ex and again love your child more than you hate your ex that's not always going to be the case guys there's a reason that we talk about parental alienation and what's going on i understand that keep it out of the court as good as you can uh make sure you document everything uh because hearsay does not do anything for you in court document everything if you're expecting to get the results that you want to once you go and sit behind that judge guys it doesn't always go out that way um, be mindful about it. Uh, when somebody starts making these accusations, it's going to make you upset. That's what we call gaslighting. Make sure that you are keeping your tempers calm, even though that can be very hard because that's going to be a snapshot to make it look like, see, I told you that who that was. Um, yeah, so it's very the hard documenting to is important. Well. I learned that because the, the father that was taking me to court was documenting lies, and the judge said, I said, What's, what can I do to prove to you that this is not true? And the judge had to tell me, document. <laughs> okay, so I, we, we, fin <laughs> we finished the show, guys. Um, thank you so much, Eric, for being with us in the show. We really enjoyed having you on the show. And thank you for your thank service. Thank you so much. For, for everyone that's, yes. that's suffering this. For more information Thank on you. Eric Carell can be found on our website, godisthecure.com, right under radio show and guests. And we'll finish with a prayer. Prayer for family unity 
and protection over family members. Padre Pio, we put our family in your hands. Help us to stay united in serenity and peace. You know and love all the members of our family so well. Shower us with goodness, Padre Pio. Watch over us and guide us safely throughout the day. Deliver us from evil and from misfortune. Teach us to take care of each other, to accept our differences, and to endure each other's mistakes with love, even when we are tried, tired, angry, or hurt. Help us to stay united as we overcome adversity. May we always be able to sustain and encourage each other on the bad days that we will come across in our lives, Padre Pio. May those who have left their families come back home and resolve the difficult issues that had arisen. Let love never fail. And may all their problems be resolved, Padre Pio. I invoke your powerful intercession with God. Let love and peace forever reign in our families. We need your prayers. Amen. Thank you to the wonderful people that work with us for having us on the air. Please check out Robbie Dilmer's show, Kingdom Pursuit, at 11 a.m. Eastern. Awesome guests and awesome topics. This is Amy Cabo. You have been listening to The Cure. Please check our podcast, The Cure with Amy Cabo, or app, The Cure, our website, GodisCure.com. Thank you to our listeners, and until next Saturday, much love. Give it your best. Be kind. Be true in every situation. Keep your values, and most importantly, keep your faith. Thank you for listening to The Cure with Amy Cabo. For more information or to get Amy's book, Love is the Answer, God is the Cure, or to listen to the podcasts of previous shows, visit GodIsTheCure.com.